0: Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged. Now here's today's message. The title of today's sermon is called The Exchange. The Exchange from Barely Surviving to Thriving. Come on, who wants to thrive in Jesus' name? Come on. Hey, nothing better than thriving. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, how, the main question we're going to answer today is how do you go from barely surviving in the midst of a battle to thriving in the middle of one? We don't need any soldiers that are not effective. I'm looking at everyone in here, and I see the fe- effective shoulder that is in you right now, the warrior that is actually going to do damage in the name of Jesus and extend his kingdom. Do you believe this, church? Hallelujah. I want to ask you something today just to start off our discussion about the exchange. I want, to, want you to raise your hand if you've ever worked before a day in your life. Come on. Who's worked out here? If you don't have your hand raised, I mean, I guess you were born with a, with a gold spoon or something. But um, for me, I, I, I worked, and I'm more of a, a white-collar worker. I work from home. I don't think there's any shame in that. But if you're a blue-collar worker, can you raise your hand? If you work with your hands, if you work with tools, construction, God bless you. Come on, let's give it up for these people right here. I pray you never get injured in your life. Amen. I think the work that you do is dangerous. It's very manly. And there's all respect that I have for you. I could never do that work. My hands are soft. They are not calloused. So I would get cut very easily, very easily. But I want to tell you a time where I tried that blue collar work. And when I say try, I mean that my parents forced me to do this. And I have to be careful what I say because they're in the house right now. The story was easier to say when my dad was not looking at me. (laughs) One summer, um, actually it was spring, it was springtime. One springtime, you know, my sister got engaged and she said yes to this very, very lucky man. And my family and my sisters decided, you know what? Let's have, this, let's have this wedding ceremony. Let's go crazy. Let's have it at the house. And I said to myself, hmm, I'm the only child left in the house right now. And there's a lot of chores already, right? But then I can only imagine the chores that are going to happen during a wedding ceremony or preparing for one. And my mom and my sister had to, had the grand idea. I don't know if they were watching like a remodeling of the house, like episode. I don't know what they were watching, but she said, let's renovate the entire backyard. Let's move this mound of dirt over there. Let's cut down these trees and plant new trees over here. Let's create a 50 feet long balcony that extends 20 feet out. And I was like, oh my God. I'm looking at my dad like, are you going to say yes to this? And so my dad, he hires... Uh, 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 a construction uh, guy. I don't know. I forgot his name. So sorry. Um, and he did a great job. And my dad, for some reason, he looked at me and said, son, you're going to help him three times a week. You'll get up early in the morning and you'll get, you'll stay, come home, whatever you're doing, come home early and you're going to help us out. And I said, hold on dad. Now I know you're a very successful man. I know you are a very successful man. I know you paid him good money. My only question is, why are you having me work for free? Am I gonna get paid thousands of dollars? And the answer, because my dad's very persuasive, is no, you're gonna work for free. And so I remember having to climb up these hills with all these buckets on my back filled with rocks and filled with dirt, trying to make this wedding happen for my sister. And a guy who didn't even ask me if he could marry my sister. I'm like, come on, God, what's going on? I hope they're watching the live stream because I still that still hurts me. And uh, <clears throat> I remember doing this and it was backbreaking. And, I, and that's the moment I knew I was not cut out for this work. This blue collar work this is not for me. And this guy used to make fun of me and we would get into arguments while I'm working, climbing these mountains, being like, oh, I could have carried five buckets. I'm like, OK, you've been doing this your whole life. And he would be like, why are you always late, kid? You always show up two hours late. And I said, well, you're getting paid $20,000 or something like that. I'm only getting paid 20 bucks if I ask my dad. Only if I ask. And so we had this whole back and forth from April all the way to the wedding date that was in July. And wouldn't you know, it it became one of the most beautiful wedding ceremonies I've ever been to because I said, wow, I pulled this off. (laughs) This is great. This was great. This was great. I pulled this off for free. I look at my sister and and that lucky guy, and I say, you guys owe me big time. You guys owe me big time. You see that where you're standing on? I built that. I remember that we had these long nails, and I had to use a sledgehammer, and I'm like, where's my summer going, Lord? Where's my summer going? Often, if we can all agree with the statement, often in life, the best things come with work come with a lot of work. And everyone that just said amen is probably married. <laughs> it's probably been a long relationship. As we know, people that are married are, are remnant, the blessed ones here. We know that it takes a lot of work when it comes to marriage. We know that it takes a lot of work when it comes to relationships. And so, you know, being one of the youth leaders here, you know, a lot of times there'll be rarely where a youth will expose themselves being in a relationship. And for those that do that, God bless you. And then for those that don't, you know, God exposes them anyways. I don't know how many times a person I've never talked to before sends me a screenshot of a kid that's talking to another kid. And I'm like, wow, God, you are real. You are real, Lord. And so we tell the youth this every time for dating advice, right? Dating, it takes a lot of work. Marriage takes a lot of work. And you, sir, right now, you'd have no work. You have no job, no car. And you just told me you can't even get up early to get to school, to pass your grades. And now you want to take care of this girl? And you think her father's going to trust you? No way, man. No way, bro chacho. No way. No way, man. I don't know how many times I've had these conversations. And I want to let you know if you're new here today, this is what we believe for dating. Dating is not for high school. When, when you're getting spoon-fed everything, that you're going to go on a date and your mom's going to drive you in this minivan? Was that me when I was a teenager? Maybe. But I'm trying to help these people not to make the same mistakes as I did, as I did. You know, there's so many different things that we work on. You know, working on our marriage. I, I, I heard that if you have a child, that's a lot of work. God bless the parents in here. I have no idea what that's like, so I'm going to leave that example as is. If you take care of your body, that's another thing. I don't know what, what's that like. Some of you are very successful. I see you, sir, in the corner over there, very successful. But uh, that takes a lot of work, and it is worth it. Also, some great meals. When your mama chefs it up, when your wife chefs it up, when grandma decides to cook, you can taste the good work that's in there, right? I remember in third grade, my friend invited me over uh, his his Sunday uh, Sunday dinner and it ended up being this is how I met Pastor Ron I was a third grader got invited and I literally went to his mom's house and had Sunday dinner there Let me tell you I tasted all that pancetta all that all those different types of Italian meats and I said this is different Olive Garden you have betrayed me <laughs> There's no love in Olive Garden There's no work that's gets put in there Let me tell you something the antipasta I never heard of that before. It was like pasta with leaves. I was like, what, what, what am I eating? But it is so good. It was so good. So people put in all this work, all this hard work into different areas of life. And as human beings, we tend to fail to put in work with our faith, to put in work with carrying the cross, with carrying the cross. And the truth is, the truth is, it should not be surprising to the people that you are around, that you are a Christian. Your co-workers shouldn't be like, whoa, bro, I saw you post about Easter? Bro, you've been swearing up a storm. You're a Christian? I didn't know this. I didn't know Christians could swear now. That must be like a this is new 2022 post-COVID Christian, I guess. Whoa, whoa, hold on, Mom and Dad. You're a Christian? I mean, I remember you guys arguing last night and calling each other all these type of names, except your real names. All these people around you should, all, it should not be surprising to your co-workers, to your friends, to your family, and especially to your kids that you are a Christian, that you are a soldier in Christ. The truth is, if you won't take up your cross, you won't fully understand how to continually walk in freedom and breakthrough through Jesus Hear me now, church. No one else can pick up your cross. Nobody else can do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. And so we're going to jump into Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. If everyone could turn there or open up their apps and turn there. I want to give some context. Again, if you're new here, let let me teach you a little bit. You don't just take one verse from the Bible and run with it through, through your whole life. Understand the context of the Bible, the history of the Bible. It will give you a greater revelation. And so this story, this is the words of Jesus, but Jesus just finished feeding the 4,000 people. And now when they say 4,000 people, they just used to count the men back then. I don't know why. Maybe it was easier, you know, but if you count the women and children, maybe that number was more like 8,000. So Jesus just finished uh, uh, serving and and doing this crazy miracle. And then he just finished rebuking and and going toe to toe with all the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Now he has some time with his disciples. And this is what he says to them. He says, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself and set aside selfish interests and take up his cross daily. I want to read that again and take up his cross daily daily. Not once a week on a Sunday. If you're a youth, not once a week on a Friday night. If you're a young adult that we have once a month services, I hope that you are not picking up your cross only once a month because then you would be in some heavy trouble. Let me tell you, Jesus commands us take up your cross daily. Here's why. Because it's expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me believing in me, conforming to my example, and living, and if need be, suffering, or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake, he is the one who will save it from the consequences of sin and the separation from God. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world wealth, fame, success, and loses or forfeits himself. Another version says, loses his own soul. For what whoever is ashamed here and now of me and my words, the son of man, Jesus, will be ashamed of him. It's a very serious thing. If you're looking to go deeper with God, if you're looking to get to know what, what are the real depths of grace and love that Jesus has for me, you want to mature as a Christian? You want to become a stronger soldier for God? Well, you need to pick up your cross. And so for today, that is going to be the main discussion that we're going to have. And we're going to, I want to give you three things today, three things to help you carry your cross effectively and carry it for the long haul. This, this calling that God gives us, your salvation that he, he gifted you, it's not for a couple months. It's not just for when Easter time comes or Christmas time comes. It's for the long haul. Can we say amen, church? Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm looking to stay with Jesus to have the Holy Spirit in me for the long haul, for, for the generations to follow you, church, for your kids, for your grandkids. Amen? amen? Amen. I want you to tell your neighbor, pick up your cross. Come on, say it with your chest now. Pick up your cross. That's right, pick up. Here's the number one point. Pick up your cross with obedience and submission. With obedience and submission. Only two people said amen to that. And I understand, Davey, why are you talking about this at 11 a.m. on a Sunday? It's a great day today. Summer is about to start. I'm about to have my vacation from my job, from my school. And you're talking about obedience and submission right now? I came to the wrong service. No, you came to the right one. This word is for you. If you're going to pick up your cross, you got to pick it up with obedience and submission. Before I continue, I almost forgot. I want to define for you. I want to define for you picking up your cross. I want you to write this down. This is so that we're all on the same playing field. We understand as a church what that means. Old person and new person. We all understand this. This is what it means. Taking up your cross is obedience to his complete word. We're not these Christians here that just picks only reading Psalms and then not Proverbs because Proverbs stings a little bit, Davy. No, we don't pick and choose the chapters or the verses. We believe in the entirety of the word of God. So when it comes to picking up your cross, what we're really saying is that there is obedience that you have to his complete word and you fulfill his will in your life no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. Let's go back to obedience and submission. I did not forget about that. Obedience and submission. No, Jesus didn't just come to sacrifice for us. He came to obey his father. And through his obedience, his act of obedience, he released a new covenant for us. He released a new way of living. He released a new avenue to get to God. There's no no more middleman. There's no more priest. There's no more sacrificing of these animals. There's no more veil that hides me from God. Now I have direct access. And all that originated from Jesus' one act of obedience. And can we agree that everything is spiritual? Everything is spiritual. I had to burst your bubble, but everything is spiritual. Like I told you, like I, I ate that, those meatballs and spaghettis that Pastor Ron's mom made when I was young, and somehow I can still remember those flavors because it was a spiritual and emotional moment for me as a young person. That's why we say you gotta be careful what you intake, be careful what you listen to, what you watch, because everything is spiritual. Come on, Lion King was spiritual for me. I don't know about you, but come on, I just can't wait to be king, that's a great song you could wake up to that song every day, you're doing something right. Come on, some movies sometimes can be in a, a, a spiritual event. And I remember at the end, little five-year-old Davey crying like, God, you really love me. Like, you're going to be there for me. Thank you, Lion King. Thank you, Lion King. Everything is spiritual. But, but what we like to do, we get lazy sometimes. And so we start to start to split up our different lives. And so we have our church life, we have our home life. We have our church life, and then there's us at school. Then there's us at church, and there's us at our job. This is a very dangerous game to play, church. And understand, just like the last week's message, please burn it into your heart. You are a soldier for Christ. There are some disciplines that you live by because you are a soldier. And if you desire to follow Jesus, You have to follow his example, his example of obedience. It's very dangerous to not allow God into your home life, into your marriage life, into your kids life, into your school life, into your job. If you're a businessman, it's very dangerous not to allow God into your business. Do you not trust him enough to not just take care of you, but to take care of your dreams and your goals? Sometimes we just need to beat our flesh into submission. If you're new here, I may understand why that sounds a little weird. Let me explain. I'm not telling you to slap your face or to grab a belt and hit, the be- hit your back. That's weird. Don't do that. But I'm telling you to do, and please pay attention and hear me. Please pay attention and hear me. When you beat your flesh into submission, what, are, what is the flesh? The flesh is a sin that is deep within you. The flesh is, is the desires and the feelings and those random thoughts that come into your head that are trying to steer you away from the will of God. And it is up to you, no one else but you, to hold captives those thoughts, to hold those feelings captive and say, you are not going to lead me. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. This is how you mature as a Christian church. This is how you become an effective soldier for God. Amen. Amen. You know, my Celtics are in the finals, and thank you, God, for the Celtics. You know, and we we started off this season, okay? Lord, please let us win game two tonight. Uh, We started off the season not playing well. We were under 500, which means that we had more losses than wins. And then one tweet came out from one of our players. It said, the energy is about to shift. And as a fan, I said, I better hope so, because I'm going (laughs) to, they should trade you if not. But thank God they didn't move any pieces. They trusted the leadership in the team. And all of a sudden, they had one of the greatest season turnarounds in NBA history. They went from going from 11th place to 5th place to 2nd place in their division. So many teams. And they ended up sweeping the number one team in in the league. They ended up defeating the defending champions. And now they are in the finals. And it's amazing. And I love our coach, his name is Ime Udoka, which is an awesome name, that's an awesome name right there. He said this quote, he said, you know, we're not a track team, we don't run away from anybody, we want all the smoke. And as Christians, as soldiers, we bear that same attitude. We don't run away from any spirit. I don't run away from any thought. I don't run away from any situation. I don't care if my job is on the line. I don't care if I have to cut this relationship off. I want all the smoke. I don't run away from anybody because my God is for me. My God is for me. And since he is for me, then who dare be against me? This is why you got to beat your flesh into submission. Now, another example is King David sometimes would tell his soul, Soul, I command you to worship the Lord. And some of you that come into church, you need to do that. And I understand you're a little tired. I understand your kid accidentally slapped you in the face, and you know he did that on purpose. But you got to shrug that off and say, Come on, soul, we got to worship the Lord. Come on, soul, i got to get to the altar. Amen? You know, it's, it's funny, because you can always tell... When a Christian, when someone is a Christian but not living like it, they accept the call of salvation, but they don't accept the call of the cross. They don't accept the call of carrying it. They don't accept the call of tithing. They don't accept the call of obedience. They don't accept the call of joining a team and serving God's house. They do not accept the call of heading to the altar and getting their healing. You can't just be saved and think you can live how you want to live there has to be some type of submission when it comes to this journey with Jesus i wonder today how many of us have ignored the call of carrying our cross you got to ask yourself that did i go a couple of days lord did i go this this couple, this whole month this whole year without answering the call to carry my cross daily When you say no to carrying your cross, this is what you're really saying. I want you to write this down. When you say no to carrying the cross of Jesus Christ, this is what you're saying. I'm okay with going to heaven later on after I die, but I'm also okay with living with hell on earth. I'm okay with having hell in my household, hell in my job, hell in my mind. Yeah, I know I'm saved. I'll get to heaven when I die, but I'll live like hell's on earth. Don't you want heaven to be on earth? Don't you want your yeses in heaven to be a yes on earth? Your noes in heaven to be a no on earth? This is the authority that Jesus gives you. And so far be it from us, church, to be Christians that don't tap into that power, that don't follow the example of Jesus and say, I'm a soldier. I don't just put in some work for my business also put in some work for Jesus. I don't just put in some work for, for, my, for my sports team. I put in some work for the house of God and for his kingdom. We can't be afraid to put in some work. But in order for you to live like heaven on earth, you have to, you need to take up your cross. I love Jesus' question. What is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? What is it to gain the whole world yet yet lose your soul? You know, you're looking good, that's awesome. You got your money, that's great. You made some great calls in the stock market, look at you, but your soul is dead. You're an ineffective soldier for Jesus. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and see where can I rebuke myself? Where can I submit myself? Where can I, who's the right person in the church that can help me with what I'm going through? There is a blessing when you seek out wisdom. When you seek out wisdom, how do you become an effective, rooted soldier in Christ? Carry the cross, like Christ, with some obedience and submission. Here's point number two. You need to carry the cross with humility and passion. Humility and passion. Tell your neighbor, humility. Humility. Tell your other neighbor, passion. Passion. Come on, yell it at them, "Passion." passion. Whoa, we got some rowdy people today. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy. You need to carry your cross with humility and passion. No, it is impossible. I want to focus on the humility part. It is very impossible for you to carry your cross with a spirit of pride in you. And fun fact, that pride was the original sin that did Lucifer in. It's the sin that cast him out of heaven. It was because he was prideful. And there is no way you can carry your cross with pride in your heart. There's just no way. The best way for you to carry the cross is with a heart of humility. There's no way you're going to submit to obedience if you don't have a heart of humility. Well, you know, they offended me. Well, you know, they, didn't, they forgot my name last Tuesday. So I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to join a crew. Whoa. What does the Bible say about forgiveness and grace? Last time I checked, we are not all used in here. We, we are mature human beings. And as mature human beings, we need to mature in our spiritual life as well. And that takes a step of faith, a step towards humility. I've seen so many people of all types come in and out of the church because of pride. And their pride leads them into the wrong relationships. You can't tell me who I want to talk to. I'll talk to any girl that comes into this house. It leads them to the wrong business decisions. We got so many successful businessmen in this church, and yet you don't want to ask one of them how they scaled their business. It's crazy. Just because of pride, so many people have come in and out of the church, and well, it leads them to not serving the house of God. And when you don't serve the house of God, you are on a bad path of backsliding. Of backsliding. When Jesus asks you to take up your, the cross, this is what's going to happen. It's probably happening right now because I see some people that look like they're about to fall asleep, and I'm watching you. I see you back there. I'm just playing. Anytime we talk about taking up the cross, your flesh and your pride will rise up and will counteract that. And probably right now you're having thoughts of, um, excuse me, I'm too old for this, or maybe I'm too young for this, Okay. I was only born in 2005. I don't need to carry my cross yet. You're not too young and you're not too old to carry your cross. Maybe you have thoughts of, hey, <laughs> you were born in 2005. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to single that person out. Um, so, so when it comes to carrying your cross, your, your pride will tell you things like, listen, wasn't Jesus carrying the cross enough? I don't really have to do this. What are you really telling me right now, David? I have to actually change my ways, actually change my thinking. I might have to actually move around my schedule to make more room for God. I, I have to stop swearing when I'm not in church. I have to stop smoking and drinking. I have to stop hanging around the wrong people. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes, the answer is yes. Thank you so much. Come on, church. The answer is Yes. 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 For you to do that, you need to carry it with humility. Let's focus over to passion. Come on. We love passion. Come on. We need some passion in our lives. Come on. Don't you miss the passion that you have for your job? Remember those early days? You had that passion for your job? Well, I hope you get it right now. You need passion so you can defend carrying your cross. I want us to turn into Matthew chapter 16, verse 22. Matthew chapter 16, verse 22. We're going to kick it off with the new King James Version because it's always awesome to bust out the King James Version when you can. This is an example of why you should defend uh, 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 taking up your cross to everyone around you. Because if Jesus had to do it, what makes you think you don't have to do it? To give you context, Jesus was just telling his disciples, why he was on earth, what his calling was, what his mission was. And he was explaining to them how he was gonna give his own life for them. And here comes Peter thinking he knows what's good with his pride. It says then Peter took him aside and said and began to rebuke him. Now anytime church that you find yourself rebuking Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you know you're in the wrong. Now going back to youth dating I don't know how many times we've had conversations with parents that don't believe that. You know, there's been times where their own youth, I didn't tell them to to break up. That was just the Holy Spirit when they went to the altar. And the parent goes against that. They don't realize that they're going against the Holy Spirit. You ain't going against me. You're not going against our church. You're going against the Holy Spirit. And just like Peter And he took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus, saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. This shall not happen to you. Sometimes youth will have coaches that will say, you shall not go to church on Sunday because there is practice. Sometimes you may may be the only uh, spouse that goes to church. And every time you wake up in the morning, your spouse is saying, I ain't going to church and you shouldn't either. We all have that Peter in our life that is telling us what we should do without God. It says, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now, when I first wrote this, uh, read this as a 16 year old, uh, young man. I said, wow, Jesus can be really rude. That's, that's messed up. You literally just told Peter that he is going to be the rock that you're going to build your church on. And now you're telling him he is Satan. Come on, Jesus, we got to stay on the same side here. But what I realize now is that even Jesus had to defend his choice of picking up his cross, which fun fact ended up being the cross. And even he had to defend his, his faith, his choice of picking this up to his friends, to his family, and even his closest disciples. Even his closest disciples. You know, I had a friend that would always tell me, <laughs> he would always tell me when something would go wrong, Davy, the enemy don't care. The enemy don't care. I just lost my job. The enemy don't care, man. My tire just popped. The enemy will use anything, man. <clears throat> and it's true though the enemy does not care he will even use a familiar face he will use someone in your family who's one of your best friends he may use one of your kids saying yeah, I mean I remember you working in a school and I had this little kid this little kindergarten kid he would always look up at me and say Mr. Davey you ain't rich <laughs> look me up and down too you're not rich, Mr. Davy. I see your shoes, I see your pants, I see it. Your... I'll be like, oh. I would literally tell this little kid, don't let the devil use you, kid. Do not let him. you get behind me now! I rebuke you! I'm just playing. But no, seriously, a kid did tell me that, and I was very highly offended. Um, the enemy does not care. He will use your mom if he has to, he'll use your dad if he has to. Who use your siblings? I had a friend once tell me, Davy, why are you still serving in church? You just lost some of your jobs because of it. Why don't you just give it a break? Because I served in the church, but it did nothing for me. I remember thinking in that specific moment, this is not my friend talking to me right now. This is the enemy himself trying to urge me to get rid of God in my life, to give up on the calling that he's given me. Even in the middle of your battle, you have to remember the enemy will use anything. He will use anything. You know, in Jesus, we believe that he was fully man and he was fully God. So he probably may have had some thoughts that he had to also rebuke, not just friends. Maybe he had a thought of pride, saying, I'm the God of the universe. This is all below me. Let me tell you. Or maybe he had a thought of, of, of fear. What if this doesn't work? What if they don't listen to me? Maybe he had a thought of anger that these people don't deserve me giving my life. Understand, church, you have to even rebuke those random thoughts that come into your mind. Even if it's a weird dream that comes to you in the middle of the night, you can rebuke that and stand up in the middle of your room and say, far be it from me and my house. Jesus knew what was at stake. He knew what would happen if he did not pick up the cross. He knew the whole fate of the world was at stake. You know, we could be so blinded to the fact of how dangerous playing church, playing Christian can be. Having one foot in the world and one foot in the church, going to the clubs on Saturdays and going to church in the morning. I don't know why you would logically do that. You're probably really tired. Let me tell you, it's not also good for your soul. For your soul. You Can't live as a double-minded Christian. There's no way you can be a, a, an effective soldier for Christ. An effective warrior. I won't say warriors anymore because that's who we're facing in the NBA finals. An effective soldier for Christ, okay? You can't be like that if you're double-minded. There's just no way. There's no way. And for some of you today, I can sense it in the spirit discernment. Some of you, your life is at stake. Your marriage is at stake. Your relationship with your kids is at stake. The generations that fall behind you are at stake. Please hear me today, church. You may have to, at the end of service, stop by the altar and and declare and make a covenant with God that from here on out, I'm going to carry my cross for the long haul. Amen, church? Amen. This is not a game. This is not a game. This is a daily decision you have to do to pick up your cross. I wanna go to the last point. I wanna take up your cross. Please do this with works and wisdom. With works and with wisdom. There's nothing like doing some good old work. And I'm believing that this point, there's any part of the message that you pay attention to the most. I want you to pay attention this point right here, because I believe this will help you weather the storm that you're going through. I believe it will help you grow and mature as a Christian, as a Christian. You know, in James chapter two, we find that famous verse, faith without works is it's dead. And so I want to read some of this chapter to you, some of these verses. It says in James chapter two, what is it? This is James writing to us. What is the benefit my fellow believers, if someone calls to claims to have faith, but has no good works as evidence, can that kind of faith save him? No, a mere claim of faith is not sufficient. I want to read that again. A mere claim of faith is not sufficient enough. Genuine faith produces good works, good fruit. And if it does not have works to back it up, it is by itself dead. Is by itself dead. And it's inoperative and it's ineffective. Do you want to be an inoperative and ineffective soldier for God? No. You believe in God. This is, he literally writes this. You believe in God? Well, guess what? So do the demons believe in it. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish, spiritually shallow person, that's not from Davy. this is from James. Just want, no, no one wants, don't fight me now. Are you willing to recognize, you foolish, spiritually shallow person, that faith without good works is useless? For just as the human body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works of obedience is also dead. I want you to write this equation down. Faith plus works plus wisdom equals an effective soldier. I'll say it again. Faith plus works, plus wisdom, equals an effective soldier. You have to understand, church, that faith, it needs works and wisdom. Your carrying of your cross, it needs works and wisdom to go hand in hand. The key to thriving outside the four walls of the church, the key to thriving in the middle of a battle, takes wisdom, and it takes some good works. It takes your faith that you can show, hey, this is my fruit, when it comes to me and Jesus' relationship. Your kids should be able to see your fruit. Your kids should be able to see you giving it your all, serving the house of God. So many studies show that if your kids see you serving consistently, they are 70% more likely to stay in the church once they turn 20 years old because they understand that you are carrying the cross. They may not know how to say it, but that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Some of us need to learn how to take up our cross outside of the church and into our jobs and careers and into our goals and dreams. You know, I, I, I don't like seeing people stuck. You know, that's, that grinds my gears. I don't like being stuck at all, physically, mentally, spiritually. I just don't, I don't like it at all. And I don't like when other people are stuck. And I, I, and I hate to see it when Christians are, are stuck outside of the church. Nothing's going well for me, Davy. And I, and I feel for that because that was once me. Lost five jobs in a row. Knew I was dating Jenny and knew she was the one for me. I'm like saying, Lord, what, what is happening here? When are you going to bless me? I remember one of my leaders said, all right, Davey, so you're a, let, me, let me lay it out for you, Davey. You're, you're a pillar in the church, but not a pillar at your jobs. And so you, you work with excellence here and you don't work with excellence over there. You show up on time here, but you don't show up on time over there. Well, you must not be taking up your cross and bringing it outside of the church. And church, I want to encourage you into your business, pick up your cross. Into your marriage, pick up your cross. When you have dinner with your kids, pick up your cross and lead them the right way. Lead them the right way. See, when you take up your cross, it leads to a greater perspective, a greater vision, and a greater attitude. And this will bless you. And this will open the doors you never thought would be open for you. So trust in God with your whole life. You know, sometimes because we live in the smallest state in the union, we have the smallest mindsets, especially when it comes to our spiritual life, especially when it comes to the church. It's time for us, church, to rise up and to start having some big vision, some big ideas, some big thoughts some big projects that we want to do on behalf of Jesus Christ. I want to call up the worship team as we're ending here. You know, the challenges of a Christian life, there's so many of them. Now, one of the guys on my team, he said, Davey, I wish someone told me when I get baptized that I will have a lot of attacks coming the next week. I would have a lot of arguments with people with my family for no reason. We all know that being a Christian can be tough. Standing up in the right moments, can be a little nerve-wracking. And sometimes the crosses that we have to bear are sometimes small, and other times they're huge and big and almost looks impossible for you to bear. You know, for youth, one of the biggest crosses that they have to endure or the biggest opportunity is every time their sports season starts to come around, they will say, hey, I have practices on Friday nights and or games, and on Sunday mornings, there's also games. Well, that is an opportunity for that young person To rise up and say, even though my desires are telling me to go this way, even though my coach is pulling me this way, even though all of my friends are telling me to go this way, I got to rise up inside me and carry up my cross and even rebuke my own thoughts because it's not worth sacrificing what God has called me to do in the house of God, in the house of God. For others, it's just going to the beach on Sundays. That could be a little cross that you have to bear. You see every one of your cousins taking their families to the beach. You see all your, your parents and your aunts and uncles going to the beach, and your kids are saying, how come we can't go to the beach? And maybe your spouse is saying, I need some me time and R&R. I need to go to the beach. No, I want to encourage you parents and then the men of the house, stand up and carry your cross and say, as for me and my house, we will go to the house of the Lord and we will serve the house of God. Man, Davy, what are you doing? It is summertime and you dare talk about not going to the beach? Well, if it's worth for your soul and for the sake of your children and for the sake of your marriage, then yes, do it every once, once a day if you got to and twice a day is on Sundays. Carry up your cross and lead your family the right way. Let's stand up together, church. Come on, let's stand up together. Come on, we stand in unity. We stand in faith with this word. That it's no longer me as a young Christian, immature, only have to sit in these seats. No, it's time for me to rise up. I'll never forget 10, 12 years ago when I thought to myself, you know what? Jesus did it for me. It's time for me to do something for him. It's time for me to get up out of these seats and to do something for the kingdom of God. For some of you, you've been coming too long and just sitting down and feeling stuck. You've been waiting too long for your breakthrough. You've been waiting too long for hell to leave your household. It is time, church, for you to take up your cross. For some of you, you just lost your job and you need to keep the faith in your household, man. You need to keep the faith in your marriage saying, we will stay faithful to the tithe. We will stay faithful to the house. Listen, I was that person. I literally asked my wife to marry me and I had no job. And I asked her on Sunday night and by Friday night, God gave me a job. And I wanna tell you and encourage you, your breakthrough is coming and it's gonna be multiplied from what was taken for you. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content with Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.